0: Ladies and gentlemen, now It's Too Late with Alan Mosley.
1: Yeah! Woo. Yeah! <laughs> Welcome back to It's Too Late, I am your host, Alan Mosley, joined as always by the number one producer in late night, it's Dave Wolomowski! Dave! You're really learning earning your pay tonight, aren't you, buddy?
0: Yeah, yeah, It was that was a little stressful. Um, no! It's been a long day, you know, get up early, work 12-hour shift, and to do some shopping, jam food in my mouth and then run down here and forgot that we had to reset up a bunch of things. So it's been exciting. I think, I think we're ready to do a, a really good show though.
1: Yeah. How How oh, I'm, I'm excited. Tonight is going to be a really good show because Scott Horton is going to be oh on the program tonight. I know Scott Horton of the Libertarian Institute is making his third appearance on the show, but really wow. the first appearance since we switched over to the whole, it's too late thing. So that's like, it's a little bit misleading. Might want to fact check that one. You know, <laughs> um, excited to have him on the show. Hard not to talk about foreign policy, right? When when Scott yeah. Horton's going to be on the show. Um, you know, one thing that I'm reminded of is how you get smeared on social media when you're anti-war, when the other side wants to have war. Um, our our friend Michael Bolden, who was actually just on the show a couple of weeks ago, he had a tweet that really summed this up perfectly. Take, take a look at Bolden's tweet. He's, he goes... Ah, uh, sad news. The war criminal George W. Bush has won. If you're not with us, you're against us. Is the standard view of almost everyone in the U.S. today? I, I, Dave, I'm sure you've you've seen that around, right? Like it's it's kind of like the mo of yeah, the people of you know you should you got to be supportive of Ukraine. There, there's no other nuanced position <laughs> other than support the current war because yeah. if you don't support the current war, then you- you're you love you're like a russian bot right like you're a <laughs> you're you're a spy you're you know right um you know it's kind of a pathetic argument to be honest with you it, it, it really is um mm-hmm. but actually believe it or not it's such it's awesome that scott is here tonight because scott actually has already addressed that argument take a look at this
2: listen you son of
1: a bitch What the fuck's your problem? You want to sit here and say that I'm a goddamn
0: fucking Russian? You get in my face with that, I'll beat your goddamn ass, you son of a bitch. You piece of shit. You fucking goddamn fucker. Listen, fuckhead, you have fucking crossed the line. Get that through your goddamn fucking head stop pushing your shit you're the people that have fucked this country over and gang raped the <laughs> shit out of it and lost an election so stop shooting your mouth off claiming i'm the enemy you got that you goddamn son of a bitch. fill your hand i'm sorry but i'm done you start calling me a foreign agent those are fucking fighting words
1: excuse me wow okay scott looks different so I know some people have said that maybe we should we should <laughs> cut back on the swearing on this show. But I mean in mine and Dave's defense, we we didn't cuss. Mm-mm. Right? Like it wasn't it wasn't us that did that all, it, right? It was all Scott. Um so anyway, Aaron Aaron, <laughs> our Twitch mod, thank you for reminding me, by the way, Aaron. You know what we almost forgot to do, Dave? Uh the the live show thing. What? Dave's Dave's already checked out, guys. It was a really stressful pre-show, and <laughs> I was, Dave I was mindlessly Dave's mindlessly drinking. <laughs> yeah, he's head up to the he's head up to upstairs. He's done, guys. Join us June fourth for the fourth annual "It's Too Late" live show, hosted by yours truly, as well as Dave and Mary of Liberty Late Night at the Private Bon Aqua Computer Club. That's in Bon Aqua, Tennessee. But you got to get your tickets. You got to yes. go to that Eventbrite link over there and get your tickets because if and really exciting news. Check this out. This year. 100% of the proceeds from ticket sales are going to go to me. Oh. Wow. How about that? That's very generous of you. <laughs> Isn't it, though? <laughs> to you. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, boy, in other news, the fallout continues over the whole Florida don't say gay bill. Uh, pedophiles and groomers across the country are absolutely shocked <laughs> and outraged. Yeah. <laughs> <Am I right? laughs> Uh, I want you to take a look at this recent spot by MSNBC. Check this out right here. Uh a gay male kindergarten teacher worries he can't discuss his love life with kindergartners anymore. Quote, it scares me that I'm not going to be able to have these conversations with my children. I don't want to have to hide that my partner and I went paddleboarding this weekend. <laughs> there there's there's two words in particular that I hope everybody noticed. Mm. In that tweet or in that comment, my children, not, not my students, of course, no, my, my children. Um, I tell you what this, like my take on that is, is that the people who, you know, rip their own dicks off and don't reco- don't have the requisite genetic material to have kids. um, They have, they got to figure out a way to have children, right? And their way of doing it is to take yours.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. If you That's look at it from that perspective, it all kind of makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Are you even <laughs> here right now, Dave? Jesus Christ. I'm, 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 okay. I'm like, okay, yeah. you could have, you could have been shook. like, you could have been like, yeah, man, you could have been like, uh laugh, laugh one oh, dot button go, yeah. you could have you could have done any one of those things but you elected to just stare blankly at the screen <laughs> rose up <laughs> you know what dave i'm not going to be hard on you though cuz i bet like most of the audience had the same reaction as you it, it's a little like wait a minute yeah, yeah. i, I did not know most... how i felt about it yet yeah
0: yeah well
1: good thing i'm here
0: eh <laughs> somebody's got to let me know
1: yeah I think most of the audience is probably still a little shook from Alex Jones' appearance on the program. <laughs> <That was> jarring. <laughs> yeah, right. Um and finally tonight. Something incredibly outrageous and shockingly controversial happened at the Oscars this past weekend. I didn't you know what I'm talking that. about, don't you?
0: I don't know if I heard But, boy,
1: speaking of pedophiles and groomers, though, am I right to segue Man. into the Oscars? <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about, of course, the omission of the late comedian Norm MacDonald from the In Memoriam segment during the broadcast. Oh, no. no, they didn't, did they? You know, they, they feature entertainers that have, you know, parted this mortal coil over the last year. They did not have Norm MacDonald in it. Can you believe that crap? Have they never seen Dirty Work? I mean, it's a great movie. Right. You know what? I? It's it's funny, though, because, like, they'll make the excuse of, well, there's only so much time, and, you know, with, mm-hmm. they're not going to show literally every single celebrity that died because there's just, you know, there's the, the broadcast has already ballooned to however many hours it is. Yeah. But, you know, hmm, I just can't think of a reason why they wouldn't have Norm Macdonald in the In Memoriam. Hmm. I
0: have a priest, by the way. Can I just ask that because I'm, ca- I'm, ca- I'm not Catholic, but I know you a have a priest anyway. I know a priest, yeah, and I feel sorry for them because most of them don't fuck children. I yeah. just want to put that on the record <laughs> that more teachers fuck children than priests, okay. and yet teachers are Ooh. heroes. And,
1: and finally, someone brave enough to say it, <laughs> which is great. Um... Wow, there's there's been a there's been a theme in the monologue tonight. Have you noticed that? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you kind of yeah. feel for the people that are here to see Scott and they're like what the hell's this? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> joke's on you suckers. Scott's not going to be on for like another 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. But until then, guys, we're going to be back with the meme of the week and the viewer mail right after this commercial break. Don't go away.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Dave, let me tell you about tonight's sponsor. Oh, yeah. They're Pat Crest Botanicals. You can find their website, patcrestbotanicals.com. They've got all manner of CBD products. They've got Delta 8. They've got gummies to help you sleep, which you know. Mm. <laughs> my, my, I, I, I ate all yeah. mine. <laughs> anyway, uh, but they but I do still have some of the Blue Dream. Can do you have a do you have a uh, there, yeah there?
0: Yeah.
1: Dream of that yeah there's yeah I can't <laughs> believe he hasn't updated his website yet. To be honest with you, it's, yeah. yeah. Actually, actually I actually have to put it. I actually have to put it over here because I'm gonna use that. Like that's not just a prop. I'm gonna mm-hmm. you know I'm gonna ingest that later. Gonna gonna. But you that. can you can get thirty percent off all one 30. word. it's it 30% off by using promo code it's too late at patcrestbotanicals.com. 30 30% that's yeah. insane yeah you're going i mean you're going to need that with i mean cuz inflation's going to be 30% yeah. pretty soon so basically you're just at a at a wash yeah. like it's break even yeah that okay. uh, yeah you're you're just it's just a wash kind of like this show really it's just it's just sort of a wash tonight under the circumstances i think we're doing pretty well are we though
0: hey dave yes alan what time is it it's time for meme of the week
1: hancock
0: (laughs) i did not see that one yet
1: all right all right that's it that's the only reference to it we're gonna make for the whole show that's it (laughs) I I had told people we totally weren't going to talk about it. That was it. (laughs) Just a meme. We're out. We're done. But we do have a bonus meme. Check out the bonus meme. We're moving your post to the bottom of the feed. What did he say? I don't know. Something about sucking dick. (laughs) (laughs) Most say that? <laughs> like, like, I, I need to get your opinion, Dave, because you're, you're kind of like an an associated third party. You, you help produce the show, but it's like mm-hmm. you know your name's not on it. So I feel like you can give me an honest opinion. Thank goodness. Do you feel? Do you feel for the guests who they're a guest on this show and they don't realize what they're now associating themselves with?
0: I don't. I don't know if anybody ever watches it afterwards, or if they just do their 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 interview and then bails and. They're on to the next one.
1: That's what I always hope.
0: Yeah. If we want them to come back.
1: Well, I mean, I figure that that's what the guests do, but that, but their name is still on it now though. That's what I'm saying.
0: Oh like, any, any,
1: yeah. Yeah. Any like when, when, when the mob comes for us and I mean, let's face it, that's later tonight. <laughs> you know, they're going to say, oh, did you, did you see, did you see Scott Horton was on there? Does, does Scott Horton believe this? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um <laughs> We He's better talk for him right now. Yeah, we better we better go ahead and move on to the viewer mail. Hey, you guys still doing a show? Also, also, yes. Nice. All right. Uh, our first question tonight comes from Thomas Leinhardt, who writes, Dear Alan and Dave, should the code duello be reinstituted? The, the, the rules for for dueling. Should we should we bring oh. back dueling? Do you, Dave, do you think we should bring back dueling? Yeah, I don't think it should have ever left. I
0: mean, what two consenting desol- adults desert- decide to do is amongst them, it's none of our business.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing is is that I, I there's actually an explanation for this. One of the main reasons why dueling fell out of favor other other than it just, you know, it's maybe a little bit barbaric. Yeah. You know. But the reason why it went away was because even when the public was no longer dueling, it was very popular for military officers to duel. And oh. some countries started to outlaw dueling because so many of their military officers were dying.
0: Yeah, you can't yeah,
1: you can't have that. Yeah. Got well, wars to fight. Exactly. They were mad that they were killing each other instead of other people. <laughs> so they so they got rid of dueling. So now you know the reason why that is. Uh, Jonathan Carranza writes, dear Alan and Dave, was Will Smith right to, okay, done. Sorry, Jonathan. Sorry. Um, Andrew Avery writes, dear Alan and Dave, Mm. if there was a kidnapping at your local high school, would you wake him up?
0: I mean, if I was the one to find him and if he's sleeping, Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. He's, you know, you don't. Maybe he's got some problems at home. Give him, give him a break. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Don't bother kids. Don't That's bother right. kids. <laughs> don't bother kids. That's a common theme on this program. Don't bother kids. And if you're not, if you're a regular viewer of the show, you know what we're talking about. If you're not a regular viewer of the show, um, go to better the self. off. Yeah. Just get learn some colloquialisms. Uh, Don't fuck kids. Uh, Suzanne Sherman writes, dear Alan and Dave, are they going to repeal Title IX? Oh. God, I, I wish. Yeah. This, this came up because the, the, the NCAA tournament's going right now, ba- basketball. And most people are obviously watching the men's tournament because that's what basketball is. Most people do not watch the women's tournament because, oh. I mean, you know. This is a sports question. I swear to God, like it's <laughs> you and I are going to have to have a moment in, in the, in those three <laughs> minutes in between the show and the, in the after show. Yeah. All right. Um, well, so, so I was making the argument that if you look at the women's tournament, there was one game where one team was beating another team, like 44 to four at halftime four Ooh. in a basketball game. One team scored halftime was four. And the answer is is because Title IX makes all these schools have teams, women's teams, if they're going to have a male team, but they don't actually have appropriate female players to feel to field a team because most women aren't good at basketball, and so it's it's not it's not saying that no woman can play basketball. What it's saying is is that there's just not enough women playing basketball well to field that many teams. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you, you, you get that right. Like that's not that's wholly misogynistic. I'm just saying there's not enough women to go around for all the basketball teams. <laughs> so that's why we got to get rid of time on. All right. So, um, Suzanne, I hope this helps. It, it doesn't, uh, Ryan secret writes, dear Alan oh, and Dave. Yeah. You're right. I'm glad to, <laughs> I'm glad to see Ryan. Sticking yeah. around, how many regulation size hot dogs can you fit in your mouth? Give proof on air. Um, <laughs> so I tell you what, um, if I tell you what, we'll I'll keep a track of the notifications. If we hit five hundred dollars <laughs> in either Patreon or PayPal donations tonight, then Dave will see I how got, many hot dogs he. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, got a pack of hot dogs upstairs right now. All right, there you go. So there, there it is, five hundred dollars. All right. Uh Clay Davis writes, dear Alan and Dave, do either of you own a turntable? If so, do you listen to vinyl often? Oh, oh, Dave, <laughs> yeah, we, we were just discussing this. Does does this count? It's it's a little digital turntable,
0: but I don't think I can put vinyl on it. It doesn't really have a needle. But my kid left it down here in the studio.
1: Yeah, well. I don't think that counts if you can't play a record on it. Yeah. Do you do you not do you guys not not record people? No. Well, I have.
0: I think I have two turntables. I don't know if either of them works. I know one. One for sure doesn't. And I have like maybe six or seven records. You know, I, I was garage sailing. I saw some stuff, scooped it up, and it's yeah. just it's cumbersome.
1: Yeah, that's that's the thing is that I I actually have one and it's in my closet.
0: Yeah. So I think it's under the stairs over there.
1: Yeah. What else you got hiding under the stairs over there, Dave? Ooh,
0: you, got, you don't want to go digging around.
1: Okay. Right. Uh, Josh Wright writes, Dear Alan and Dave, If there must be a president, would choosing them by who has the best meme potential be better than voting? Um, No. Like, no. That's, you know, like... Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, voting's bad enough, but... If the vote was who has the best memes, then you're like you're gonna wind up getting Kamala Harris. Like, that's how you're gonna get Kamala Harris as president right there, mm-hmm. Josh. Because those that's memes how... would be hilarious and life would be terrible. Everyone thinks it's funny and then all of a sudden <laughs> so yeah. legislation starts. Yeah. All right. Uh Celeste Annis writes, Dear Alan and Dave, did you collect anything when you were a kid? Were you, were you were you a collector of anything, Dave? Not,
0: not really. I, I. I, I mean, other, Legos, other than trauma, other than other yeah, than I mean trauma. Yeah, everybody's got some trauma. I got, yeah. I had like a big tub of Legos that I still have today that now my kids play with. So I guess Legos, maybe some Hot yeah. Wheels. That, so that was about it. Nothing cool.
1: Um, I had all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when Ooh, I was a kid. I, I had quite a few yeah. of them, not all of them. Yeah. Yeah. God, I wish I still had them. Yeah. Yeah not not to give to my children just sell
0: yeah yeah they, uh, there's yeah. a used, used toy store down the street and i see like the toys i used to play with and like some of these transformers mm-hmm. going for like 3 400 like out of the box just i'm like wow I
1: remember oh. that that speaking of that did you know that today is the anniversary of this day in 1990 the teenage mutant ninja turtles live action movie came out the one the vanilla ice one was that the first one no i think that was the second one the first okay. one was the only good one. The <laughs> first if one it didn't have the first one ice, was actually Ninja I Rap man. Got... Ninja Ninja. Yeah, th- yeah. So that wasn't that wasn't the first one. And um, you know what, Dave? Why don't you just go ahead and mute your mic for okay, the rest yeah. of the? Yeah. All right. Um, it was actually legit a good movie though. All right. So <clears throat> Justin Campbell writes, dear Alan and Dave. How much do we need to contribute to PayPal or Patreon to get y'all to reenact the Zelensky dancing in heels video? I didn't know what this was. Um I actually looked it up. Take a take a look at this right here. Oh yeah. What the hell is this? <laughs> Тюна, тюн-тюн, тюн-тюн, що? по чарці, варці, гей, за волю, за долю,
0: за правду Будь-мо, гей, по першій, по другій, по третіи гей, стави, гей.
1: Well, that was something. Okay, so what did we say for? Okay, so it was five hundred dollars yeah. for the hot dogs. I think that's going to have to be an even grand right there. What do you think? And so I'm not allowed to do it for free. If yeah.
0: you're, I don't. I, I'm if under- you're good at something, on, on you don't do it for free. Dave. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I got to value yeah. myself more. I dig it. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Wait. You know what? You Wait know, a minute! You, what, you know what? <laughs> Hold on a second. I feel Wait like Dave. Minute. I feel like you've got some issues with valuing your self worth. Oh yeah, yeah. Remember, I mean, remember when somebody wanted you to eat a banana and mayonnaise sandwich and then watch you just vomit your intestines out live on air? And I was like, Dave, how much should we ask for? And you were like, two dollars. <laughs> we we can't we can't be happy. So first, okay. So first of all, so first of all, get some help. Okay. Stop. And second and, yeah, stop it. Get some help. <laughs> and second of all, we're not gonna be able to fund this show on two dollars, Dave. If you're gonna if, if you're gonna take some years off of your life, at least, you know <laughs> at least have some money set aside for your children for God's sake. All right. Yeah. At least yeah. I gotta value them. Yeah. Alright. Uh boy. This has really gotten out of hand tonight. All right. I love it. Yeah. I do I kinda I, I kinda like this episode. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> Chris Mellard writes, Dear Alan and Dave. If I blow my nose on toilet paper and then wipe with the same paper, can I give mm. my ass a cold? Wow. Well okay. So <laughs> I've actually thought about this one. Yeah. And because because cause, you know like if you like you know like if you if it's the other way around if you touch your butt and then touch your yeah. face then you get like pink eye yeah
0: yeah so
1: can you touch your face sure. and then touch your butt and well people drink alcohol that way so it's got to
0: absorb something I don't know if it takes germs but like, you can't I'm, give yourself germs
1: I'm gonna germs. say that the answer is only if you stand up to wipe yeah and then you if you're the a complete serum. psychopath. Who stands up to wipe? <laughs> then uh, we don't. I'm sorry. i was looking at the clock. We don't have time to get into yeah. time to get in all that. Um, <laughs> for people that don't get the reference, some people stand up to wipe, and those yeah. people are just degenerates. All right, um, those people want to teach your kids in kindergarten. Um, <laughs> Tim Weiss, Tim Weiss, I want to teach him something. Uh, Tim Weissong writes, dear. It just says, dear Alan, Oh, that's okay. I'll sit this one. I, out. I think either I think either Tim doesn't like you, or he really just he like he doesn't follow the show enough to know you're here. It's one or the other.
0: Maybe he thought I was just a guest, yeah, uh, producer.
1: Aren't we all just a guest on this planet? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> Um I should just I should just move on, like not you know, like that's the answer. Okay. Uh dear Alan, <laughs> if an advanced cosmic race decided to judge humanity's worthiness to continue existing based on one album, which one would you want to submit? Musical. Oh.
0: Method Man Red Man Blackout album. Skip proof, man. Every song's a banger.
1: I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the audiobook reading of a Game of Thrones by George R. R. Martin, which is like seventeen hours long or something ridiculous. Oh. And that gives us seventeen hours yeah. to figure out it's a way a- to to infect the alien yeah. ship with a virus, lower the shields. Yeah, get some small, small pops guy. up there. Yeah. All welcome right. to welcome to Earth, you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you gonna learn today. I tell you what. If I see one more person making a Will Smith, Chris Rock joke with Welcome to Earth, I'm just going to start blocking them. Just oh, just start oh, blocking them. I that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tim, good luck. Uh, Aaron Kintner writes, Dear Alan and Dave, who is your favorite YouTube or Twitch creator? Oh, that's, for me, my favorite would have to be Liberty Late Night. Well, now you put me in a position. Yeah, I have, haven't I? But thank you. <laughs> and yours is?
0: I mean, it, Alan. It's Alan Mosley.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no! Ow, ow, ow. You son of a fucking bitch. Here I am. I'm trying. I'm sitting here promoting you for free on this show. Okay. I asked for a commercial for like a year. You won't send me one. God damn it. Brian Johnson writes, drink. Dear... Dear no, the bit's over. Dave, shut the. Oh, all right. <laughs> Brad Johnson writes, "Dear Alan and Dave, what's the weirdest thing a guest has done at your house? What? I, you know, I'm more interested in your y'all's answer. What? What's the weirdest thing a guest has done at y'all's house? I mean, he he just he just
0: kind of showed up. It's, it's it's my cousin that I talk about a lot. I said you need to meet him. So one one night, it's probably ten ten thirty eleven o'clock at night." somebody's at the front door on un- an unannounced I don't think we had cell phones then but and uh, I look through the window and I see this guy with uh juggalo makeup on this oh, whole God face painted black and white clown face and so me being the the tard that I am says hey come on in <laughs> I don't come in and and we hung out for a while not that I, I think he was like kind of scared of me at that point that I just invited him in we went upstairs hung out in the office mm-hmm had a good time. Sent him on his way. That's about it.
1: That that wasn't that bad. No, yeah. I was expecting a something way. a lot worse than that. I um, yeah. the The weirdest thing a guest has done at my house, um, when when Annika and I were in Nashville, our friends uh, Mike Meharry and his lovely wife Cynthia came to visit us one time, and we had breakfast. Uh, and then and then they got back on the road. And you know what? I don't think they ever thanked us for the eggs and bacon. Wow. Yeah. Can you even imagine? It's not weird. That's just rude. Yeah. Unbelievable. Some people, right? Yeah. <clears throat> well, another friend down, am I right? All right. So, uh, Marilyn Willamowski writes, dear Alan and Dave. Uh-oh, I didn't see this one. Do you prefer meat sauce or marinara on your pasta? Hmm. <laughs> you like meat sauce, Dave? Oh, you know I do. I bet you like some meat sauce.
0: Yeah, well, nice and thick, chunky.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'm good. Okay, so, so just for folks at home, I, I know a <laughs> lot of you guys are only here tuning in for Scott. It's like, it's just another couple minutes. Just be patient. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, the, the correct answer is meat sauce. But Dave likes meat sauce. Yeah, extra meaty. Um, Not extra saucy, extra meaty? No.
0: I'm here for the protein, you know what I mean?
1: (sighs) (laughs) I I mean, I gotta hit the damn buttons because you won't ever hit (laughs) them. I think it's because you don't think anything on this show's funny. Maybe. Boy, if I had a nickel. All right. And finally this evening... Carl Hubert writes, Dear Alan and Dave, is MAC and cheese because macaroni is shortened, or is it an acronym for macaroni and cheese? Oh. Carl just changed my whole life. Yeah.
0: It shifted paradigms here.
1: It's probably just macaroni though.
0: Yeah, it's short for Mac
1: macaroni. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Carl, good effort. I think Carl wins this week. I think that was probably the best one.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. i, tell you, it's all I, I got. tell you what. It's all I got. If you actually did those things when they were relevant, they'd be so good. Yeah. Yeah. We need to transfer that to your computer so it works
0: better. Yeah. Like all my other buttons. <laughs> it's going great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Probably just if just real quick, if you guys saw like 17 three second streams before this one started, it's um, that's My buttons you know, were going haywire. Yeah, shit was shit, they were wilding out here tonight, son. You know, um, I'm just going to go ahead and turn this Zelensky video off because it makes me nervous. All right. Yeah, I dig guys, it. we're going to be back with the great Scott Horton of the Libertarian Institute. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Right Hopefully after just this commercial break. Screen. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Our guest this evening is the director of the Libertarian Institute, editorial director of antiwar.com, and the host of the Scott Horton Show, where he has done over five bajillion interviews. Scott Horton, welcome back to the show. Good to be with you. Thank you for having me. Well, I was was telling you right before we, we went live here is that the last time we were on, I couldn't believe it. I actually looked it up on YouTube of all random places to see what the date was that the interview went out. Uh, August 8th 2018. A whole lot of shit has happened since August 8th 2018, Scott. A lot some of it bad, but but also some of it good. So I want to start off there. Scott, how are
2: you doing, man? Me, I'm okay, man. How are you? Uh, you know,
1: I'm all right. I'm I'm kind of impressed because in in those in those few years, now we've got Scott Horton traveling all over the country giving speeches. I'm seeing Scott Horton on TV like every week now, or every other week. Um, if I if I had told you five or ten years ago that Scott Horton was going to be a regular staple on my television, would you believe me?
2: Um. Yeah, probably not. I mean, if you had said in context, it's Kennedy from, you know, who already is a libertarian and does that show with Matt Welch and she'll take a shine to you and let you come on her show, then I would say, yeah, that was, you know, within the realm of possibility anyway. But, uh, you know, I mean, to to like really your point, I never have been trying to be famous. If I want to be famous, I'd have been an actor or something like that. Um, I just hate the government a lot and I want other people to hate as much as I do. And so I, you know, obviously like getting my word out, putting my show out there and And, you know, trying to have my opinions available for people to have, like, I want to have my say, I want to have my stuff out there. But I, I guess, um, I've, I've never really been, you know, interested in self promotion and public relations and all that stuff. I've always just settled for thinking, well, I have kind of a small audience, but you know, anybody who's looking for it can find it at least. And that'll have to be good enough or whatever. I don't know. So The fact that now more and more people are finding it and paying attention to it is great, you know, I guess Um, it's a little intimidating. It's a lot easier when I know I kind of have a small audience of people who already like me or something compared to having, you know, more and more strangers listening to what I'm saying. But then and that is the whole point is trying to move that needle and. um, Well, you know, like I did the Kenny show last night, and it's kind of funny if you go back and watch the video. You could see the Republican and the Democrat, I'm making them think the whole time, like their faces just have, I'm thinking right now, written all over them. Like the Republican couldn't help but agree with me when I was saying anti-war stuff. And then I'm saying all this stuff about gold money and the boom bust cycle. And it's like, hey, it's just true. I am more free market than any other person who's ever lived uh, or or tied for first place with a lot of great Austrians anyway. Right. So um, so when I talk that hard money stuff, it. It can't help but sound like music to a guy from the Federalist Sears, unless he's like a dedicated Chicago school guy, he's going to know that what I'm saying really sounds right, right? It's not like he's a Keynesian. And then the Democrat lady, she heard me saying, we need hard money so that we can't afford a world empire anymore. And she's like, what? <laughs> you know? So, but that's damn right. You know what I mean? That's exactly the point, lady. So it's supposed to be confusing to her for me. She's a Democrat. She doesn't get this stuff. But- there should be, you know, hopefully she'll gain some insight from that, They're like a gold standard. So you don't go to war. Like, I hope that bothers her and she keeps thinking about it. And, and hopefully that's the same for the audience, too. Right. Um, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be on there. I don't know how long it'll last. One day they're going to ask me about Israel and that'll be the end of that. But <laughs> you know, I don't know.
1: Well, it's it's funny that you you bring that up. So you're 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 talking your stuff, and you're you're seeing the 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 expert panelists on either side of the aisle, and 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 you see that you see that they're thinking that you're you're giving them some food for thought. Maybe they're being approached with some ideas that they don't hear often, or maybe have never heard at all. Does that does that surprise you at all when you when you meet or talk to people that? That at least allegedly, according to their own bios, they're they're allegedly experts in this, that, and the other. And you talk to them about things, and you can tell this person's never has never either heard or thought about what I'm talking about right now. Does that does that come as any shock to you?
2: Well, it's a bummer a lot of times, especially if I'm like saying anti-war things. Like, yeah, the terrible war in Libya led to the terrible war in Mali, and people are like, "Who's Mali?" Uh, you know, <laughs> Mali is where a bunch of people died gruesome deaths because of barack obama and hillary clinton man it's terrible and it's not fair that people don't know about it you know what i mean we should have to at least know about it when our government's responsible for such things um so that is frustrating um at the same time though you know i'm a witness to everything else going on around here too not just what's going on in Mali, but for example how corrupt and narrow-minded our media establishment is and what kind of stories they're willing to tell and not tell and so I know people don't know anything about the war in Mali. TV never did a special on how this is all Hillary Clinton's fault. Not one time ever. And so I know that they don't know. And I know that Democrat lady in the middle, she's never heard of uh, whatever she knows about libertarians is what? I don't know, pendulette or something. She doesn't know that like these are the people who split away from the right over Vietnam. These are people who who very sincerely believe in hard money, obviously, one, to prevent the horrible boom-bust cycle, but two, in order to limit our government's ability to wage major projects like a foreign empire, which we don't want, and which is, you know, absolutely direct threat to our liberty here at home in so many ways. And so I only hope I can say it clearly enough to confuse her right there's like, so that so that later she'll have to think about it more you know what i mean and make yeah. it make sense
1: well scott something i've been thinking about a lot lately is you know when i when i do this show i try not to cover the same topics Week in and week out. And it's not because it's not an important topic or that it's something that's ongoing in current events, but it's more that it's just like I you know, I get bored like th- this is my play thing. Right. And I'm right. just I'm trying to have a good time. So I like to talk about there's so much to talk about. I like to talk about sure. different things. Um, but then I'm also reminded at the same time that but there's always new people though right like there's new followers who they're they're hearing things for the first time and so if you move on from a topic and never discuss it ever again and they show up tomorrow they may not get the same influence that you did and 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 so kind of where i'm going with that is is that when, when it comes to influencers when it comes to people when it comes to great thinkers and writers and speakers who are some of the biggest influences on you specifically that you're afraid that maybe new followers have no idea who they are?
2: Well, I mean, the most important answer there would be Justin Raimondo from Antiwar.com. And that's Antiwar.com slash Justin. And he was, you know, our head writer there from 1999 through 2019. He died of cancer in June of 2019. But in the W. Bush and certainly the early Obama years, if not all the Obama years, he was the most important writer in America, period. In fact, just the other day on the 25th, it was the 20th anniversary of his article, Our Hijacked Foreign Policy, Neoconservatives Take Washington, Baghdad is next. And I was reading antiwar.com 20 years ago and saw that article this is a year before the invasion. And what exactly is a neoconservative anyway? I thought the Republican party meant just James Baker and the bankers and oil men and the country club Republicans and the born again Christians. And huh? Yeah. You know, the hell's a neocon. No, it turns out there's this whole faction of Israeli spies inside the Republican party, essentially <laughs> agents of Benjamin Netanyahu's Likud party who are, you know, have this mob marriage with Lockheed and the military industrial complex and are determined to take us to war in Iraq. And, you know, well, I guess people, okay, uh, you know, academics and experts knew who the neoconservatives were. I mean, there were books about them and they talked about themselves. Um, Norman Potterworth wrote a book called Neoconservatism, the autobiography of an idea and all these things, right? So to people who are real experts, they knew who they were. But to something like me, who was actually very interested in politics, I never really heard of them. I knew who Bill Kristol was, but I didn't know that Bill Kristol represented this special and unique faction inside Republican power and Justin just knew everything about every one of these guys you know Joshua Moravchik I'll tell you his whole life story right drop of a hat and just he just knew all of them. and and had their number man for what who they were and what they were doing and how they were doing it so for the year 2002 especially it was like man it's almost midnight it's 11:59, and when it turns midnight refresh 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 blam there it is new Raimondo and it was important. It was really important. And he helped to popularize that term neoconservative and neocon. It would have happened anyway. Right. They were so responsible for the war in Iraq. And there were enough liberal writers who really were experts in Washington, D.C., people like Michael Lind and, and Robert Dreyfus and others who just absolutely knew the story of these guys just as well as Justin did, that it was getting out eventually. But Justin was the one who just made a moral crusade out of demonizing these demons and, and making sure that everyone knew who they were and understood what he called the axis of crystal. This is not the axis of James Baker and Exxon. This is something different happening now. And then all the way through the war, all the way through Iraq War II, Afghanistan, Somalia and Syria and, you know, Russiagate. He was getting old and crotchety and, and you know, and eventually sick during the Trump years. Um, but even then he was still better than everybody on everything, essentially other than, you know, there's a few flaws in there, but, um, you know, I would just, if, if I could really, you know, beseech people to just the next time it's raining on a Sunday, just get cracking early, start in 1999 with the war diary and his, I know his archives are a mess. They're all over the place, but just search antiwar.com for Justin and find all of his different sets of archives and just knock them out, man. Go through and just read them all. Read them all. Ninety nine, two thousand and all the way through, you know, as much as you can and just just slam through. And some of the stuff will be obsolete where he's picking on big, fat loser, idiot, Stephen Schwartz or, you know, whatever kind of thing. Justin was kind of a bully. Um, mostly the people he picked on deserved it. Um, some of those things are, are not as timeless, but there's so much timeless stuff in there. There's such an education in there. And like right now I'm writing a book about Ukraine and you're damn right. I got a tab open. I got a a window open of all just tabs of Justin's pieces on Ukraine going back for years and the plagiarism begins now. So, um, now I'll give him credit, but, um, and I was this link monkey for like 10 years. I decided, <laughs> look, I have my radio show, but I'm not that good of a writer, really. Um, but I want his article. I I figured his articles were so important. I wanted to make them the best that I could. So I just absolutely filled them with links for every assertion he ever claimed. I proved it. And then if he ever got anything wrong, I made sure it was correct before it went to press. Um, and so I worked with him on those for like 10 years or something. I was the guy. And I know people got mad at me for that. Nobody knew I was the one to blame. People hated Justin for it because I would put 100 links in an article to just mm-hmm. everything, um, which is, you know, a big part of the answer is how do you know all this stuff, Scott? Well, I was Raimondo's link monkey for like 10 years, so that'll do it.
1: Well, I, I, I want to tell people really quick, since you brought up Justin Raimondo, is uh, one, of, one of my favorite things that I read about uh, right around the time that he passed was uh, Daniel McAdams had brought him up. And so people who follow Justin, particularly on Twitter, uh, knew that he, I, I don't know if troll's the right word, but or or even bully for that matter. But he he definitely there there's a certain pugilistic you know effect to debating people in the open <laughs> yeah. space, and and that obviously can bleed over to people that you that love and agree with on almost everything. But you yeah. can still you can still hash out ideas. But for I think he really enjoyed doing that. I think it came off to other people as perhaps aggressive but I think he was having a good time.
2: Well, and, I, I think uh, that's right. And and look if it was up to me I would have taken away his Twitter and just told him to stick to his articles. Because especially when you know he spent so much time fighting on Twitter then his articles really took a hit for the amount of work that he was putting into doing them, which yeah. you know, happens to the best of us. I had to quit Twitter. Those two books behind me Fools Aaron and Enough already. I couldn't have written those books except that I quit Twitter. And just I can't do these at the same time. And in fact, what happened was they kicked me off at the at the same time they kicked Peter Van Buren off. But then for me, they took it back and apologized and said, "Ah, gee, okay, or whatever. But by then I'd been kicked off for like five days. So that helped me kick the habit. And I just said, that's it. Then I gave up my password. I erased my password, gave the keys to my Twitter account to my guy. And and, you know, he set it to go on automatic robot tweets from my blog posts and whatever. And then I went back to writing that book Twitter can be a real sabotaging kind of thing when it comes to uh, time discipline. And I think it really did affect his writing in a lot of ways. But um, you know, yeah, I can't say he was like the kindest guy. I'm kind of glad he wasn't right. Like we needed that fighter on our side. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, if I mean, for people not familiar, essentially he was like a big gay Archie bunker, right? Like this horrible right wing crotchety old man, you know, this kind of I won't say hateful, but dislikeful, <laughs> old, you know, curmudgeon. Um, but also like a, a very complainy type of a queen at the same time, too, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, like if he wanted to like get into a vendetta with somebody on Twitter, then, you know, God have mercy on that person. Like I say, I mean, in his articles, when he was going ruthlessly after someone— I almost always was cheering him on, you know, because it was always somebody who really deserved it. I think people see me this way, too. Like, I'm kind of a jerk, but at least I'm their jerk, you know, so I'm, I'm facing I'm next to them, facing outward uh, instead of directed at them. So I think, you know, Justin was a lot like that. But to read his articles, I mean, again, like I just went back through a few um, when I searched Ukraine. There was up came some things about Moldova and about Georgia and about, uh, you know, the trends. I'm always pronounced that wrong. And all the, like he just knew everything about everything. He read, man, I really need to figure out the background of what's going on in the fight between Armenia and our Azerbaijan over Nagorno-Karabakh. And not only can you read Justin about all of that, but you'll enjoy reading Justin all about all that. And You will actually really learn about Nagorno-Karabakh. By reading Ramondo on it. I mean, he just really was absolutely on every bit of this stuff. So um, you know, wherever he had errors of judgment, they were always forgivable for his knowledge, you know?
1: Well, we we've talked a lot about antiwar.com. I I wanna I wanna switch gears and talk a little bit about the Libertarian Institute. Now, Scott, your ears might have been burning the other night because I was I was sitting down having a conversation with Patrick McFarlane. Mm-hmm. And of course, Patrick had nothing but glowing things to say about uh, about the whole crew over there Collins lone will Porter Keith Knight yourself everybody um, and how the libertarian Institute he, he really feels like this this is this is it it's really taking off like it's it's really filling an important space in the intellectual sphere and it's got a lot of great talented writers and all that good stuff Um you, how important is it to you? Because I'll, I'll tell you what Patrick said. I'm going to tell on him. He said that I, I'm really thankful for organizations like the Libertarian Institute because it's it's helped provide a vehicle for me to get out the things that I want to say that I just I didn't have before. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how great does it make you feel that the Libertarian Institute is doing that? That it's it's that it's becoming a vehicle to lift up voices that we need to hear that not that long in the past we, we no no one would have ever heard of maybe.
2: Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, I'm absolutely, you know, happy and, and proud of whatever role I'm playing in um, bringing these people to others. I guess I would turn it around and ask you whether you agree with what he says um, about the role that the Libertarian Institute plays out in the marketplace, you know, in our movement now. You know, I want to, I know that we can never be Cato or Mises who are, you know, the two giants. But I would like for us to be, you know, at least as important as The Independent Institute and the Future Freedom Foundation and others of the, you know, be like kind of on an equal status with the other, you know, brothers of the libertarian institutions in America. Um, You know, uh, I would never even aspire to achieve what Mises has done over there for the last 40 years. It's absolutely incredible, of course. Um, But um, I would like very much for to hear you say that you agree with Patrick, that you think it's really shaping up the way that we all kind of wanted it to. What do you think?
1: Well, I, I do, and Scott, I'll, I'll tell you something I've said on the program many times, is that far, far be it for me to wade into the waters of drama from one faction or another. Um, but I there are people who have been associated with Cato that are good people, that have done good work. And there's people that are that have been associated with Reason that are good people, that have done good work. But for my money, the the highest percentage of people who have done the best work, uh, two of the organizations that I personally am fondest of are the Libertarian Institute, AnnieWar.com, and the Tenth Amendment Center. Great. Uh, and if it were up to me, Scott- I love Scott, those guys too, man. Yeah. If, if it were up to me, Scott, I would take the millions of dollars that the Beltway organizations get versus the- you know uh, per- perhaps slightly less than millions of dollars that that folks like us get i would swap those numbers around if i could wave a magic wand i would do that in a heartbeat scott
2: yeah, i appreciate that a lot um and man uh, that's great company to be mentioned uh you know next to as well and sorry i didn't mention them in the first place too i should And i'd consider michael bolden and michael maharry both to be absolute heroes and and great friends of mine and and their efforts to be absolutely you know impeccable I, everything that they do is just exceptional um, and flawless in terms of, you know, their approach to everything. I have no complaints whatsoever about either of those guys in any way or, or anything they've ever done that I've ever heard of. It's all awesome. Every bit of it. And um, and especially no knock against Meharry. But Bolden's got to be the friendliest guy on the East. Uh, yeah. guy, I said that wrong <laughs> on the West Coast out there, certainly in Los Angeles. He's just such a wonderful guy uh, and such a good guy to hang out with and, and fun guy to hang out with. Um, and and so, you know, I know he's very attractive to a lot of people in the movement for those reasons. You know what I mean? That he's just such a gregarious sort of a fellow. He, he uh, sets a great example for all of us to follow, truly.
1: Well, I don't. I don't think Mike Meharry is going to be offended because he tells me all the time that whenever he has to leave his house, that wherever he's going is two people. Lisa, he'd rather stay home. So, I, I, I don't think Meharry is going to deny that uh, characterization at all. Oh, I, by, by the he's way, he's great too, man. By, by the way, uh, I do. I do have recently, as of I think this past November, I started working on a project uh, for the Tenth Amendment Center. But uh, full disclosure, I felt that way about them before they started giving me money. So they're not. They're not just buying my opinion. I swear to God. That's great.
2: Um, and thank you for that. Seriously, man, I, I'm. I'm really proud to hear you say that. That's. You know, honestly, when I created the thing, all I wanted was to try to figure out a way to pay Will Gregg a salary, because here sure. the poor guys just. You know, and I was pretty much the same boat. Antiwar.com pays me very, very little. So, um, you know, here we're both kind of always holding fundraisers and we kind of look like booms. I'm going, but that's really not right. But what we obviously, and I wish I thought of this a lot earlier, was let's make a nonprofit. And then obviously we make salaries from the nonprofit, but we'll just raise money for the nonprofit. And then we won't look like losers begging so much as guys who are trying to create a new little institute here and see what we can do out, out of it. And of course, Will greggs you know, one of the greatest Americans who ever lived and all of that. So I get to borrow a little legitimacy from my good friend there. And then we thought, of course, well, Sheldon Richmond will be our third wheel because um, he at that time had just been laid off from the Future Freedom Foundation where he was vice president. And, you know, where Will Grigg was the former Bircher and Sheldon is known as a left-leaning libertarian, although that's not exactly the correct characterization. He's a plumb line libertarian. He just thinks that's on the left in that Bastiat sense. Um, but he wrote the book on homeschool and guns and income taxation. So I think you understand what I mean. But anyway, the three of us together, that was the deal. And then of course, we'll turn around and died on us about six months later. And I did get to pay him one time, but just one time. Um, but I really am glad that I did. But then, so, you know, I didn't even know if I was going to keep the thing after that. Um, but I am really glad that I did. And then I've got, you know, all these good people coming out of the woodwork to join up and to take part in the thing. As you mentioned, I just brought on Will Porter and, um, I also hired Connor Freeman. I promoted Keith Knight to managing editor and he's one of the most dedicated anarcho-capitalist libertarians in the society. And unlike me, he's not just obsessed with foreign policy, right? He has all these other interests as well. And of course we have got the great Kyle Anzalone who's just killing it. Him and Will Porter, especially writing up all these news stories every day. Um, and just uh, and we have, you know, uh, Laurie Calhoun and Kim Robinson and Jim Bovard and all these great in-house writers um, who, you know, I admit I should be writing an article at least like once a month or something. And I, I'm just so swamped. It's very hard for me to find time to do that. I really just got to make time like in the schedule to, to force myself to do it. But um, they're picking up the slack for me there. And I am directing the thing for my director chair here, trying to keep it all together. Uh, Hunter Dorensis, of course, is our great editor. And uh, I am real proud of the thing, and I'm, I um, yeah, I don't know what to say. It's nice uh, that people appreciate what we're doing and respect what we're doing. And, well, uh, I and and feel like supporting it and that kind of thing. It's a humbling kind of deal, you know.
1: Well, I, I really mean it when I say it. I, I really do, because it's, you know, for for, for someone like myself who do, who does this program, and, and we only do the one big full production episode once a week, and we just recently had our episode 200-something. You actually did recorded a little spot for us for episode 100. Now we've already passed episode 200. Um, but, but whether it's the show, whether it's the stuff I write, whether it's other appearances I make, you know, I'm in the same boat as a lot of people, which is I would love to do this, like this be what I do. I would love to do this full time. And and all I ever did was run my mouth and and write with my keyboard and, and make people upset. (laughs) That's, that's what I would love to do. But the fact, the fact that you and even, even if it's just in small ways that you're helping, helping to provide that vehicle for the, the, the real libertarians. It's something I've said that I've, I've taken flack for in the past is that there's a lot of folks out there, and I'm not going to name any names, but there's a lot of folks out there that are perhaps, – perhaps they're a little they're, – maybe they're younger than us. Maybe they're social media mavens that are really good at at, at uh, self-marketing. I'm terrible at that. I don't know about you. I'm terrible at just talking about myself, which is, which is why I get to talk to you and make you talk about yourself. Um, but – you know, that's never been an interest of, of mine, but there's a lot of people out there that basically all they do is, is just shout empty platitudes. It's everything is taxation, is theft, and that's about as deep as their intellectual uh, intellectual underpinning goes. Uh, but thankfully to them, we have folks like everyone at antiwar.com, at the Libertarian Institute, at Mises, at TAC, that are – providing that base on which everyone else stands. And so I I don't even have a question there. Just but just to say bravo. I I feel like you I feel like a lot of people give you cheers, Scott, for the things you say specifically as it pertains to foreign policy. But it's but but for someone who's a content creator who's in this space, it's not just being right on foreign policy. It's it's really providing the foundation for a lot of a lot of the rest of us to have a voice.
2: Cool, man. Well thanks very much for saying that Alan. I really appreciate that a lot, Dean
1: well, uh, to to switch gears here, before we run out of time, I, I've I've got an interesting question for you. Stay with me. This is going to be a hypothetical question. All right. If we wake up tomorrow and world peace has been achieved forever,
2: yeah. What's what's next for Scott Horton? Oh well, I just uh, quit antiwar dot com, have my job, and then I just run my institute. There's plenty of government here to oppose. Um. You know, my priority, of course, would be, um, you know, the central banking and uh, the militarized police state, the federalization of police and militarization of police and all of the, you know, repealing every bit of the national security state back to 1946 or 19, uh, you know, 39 <laughs> would be better. Um, and, um, you know, decentralizing power back to the 50 states as much as possible. And and explain to people the same hook that eventually, you know, got you and got me and the rest of us is that liberty really works best. And, you know, it sounds kind of crazy at first. Just let everybody run wild. What might happen? But the reality is that what will happen is uh, a harmony of interests will break out and it'll be fine. And you really don't need to have a bunch of bosses and control. Of everybody else. We can just be free and be happy. And, and not have to be dissatisfied and, and have, having to have something to fight about all the time. We could just be prosperous and free. You know, there's this episode of The Family Guy. Sorry, I'm redundant. I've said this before, probably, but I like it. There's this episode of The Family Guy where the baby and the dog, uh, it's like the uh, parody of the TV show Sliders, where they have a portal and they can go from dimension to dimension where everything's different, right? So they go to a dimension where everything is like Disney, Uh, cartoons, but then Walt Disney's an anti-Semite and he goes after Mort the Jew and they have to like, Oh no, and get the hell out of there. So then they go to a dimension where the dogs are the masters and the humans are their pets and have to do whatever they say. Right. Then they go to another dimension where everything is super spotless clean, like the Jetsons. And there's flying cars everywhere. And it's, you can tell there's like a hundred billion trillion gazillion dollars worth of capital investment has been saved up to make earth into this super techno modern art deco paradise type thing like some guy's imagination right so then in the show the dog explains to the baby that in this dimension there never was religion and so you didn't have the last two thousand years of war and so all that money went to building up humanity instead. And I thought, ah oh, man, close to the mark, but missed it, right? Because religion is always just cover for war. Give me a break. These are All, all theocrats are, are politicians first and holy men second, okay? Um, that's not the rub, but what would have made a really great joke there since war is, has always been a part of the human condition and all of these things, religion aside, what would have been the best punchline there would have been to say, in this dimension Woodrow Wilson never got us into World War 1 right just 100 years ago at that time less than 100 years ago if he hadn't done that then there never would have been a Soviet Union there never would have been a Nazi Germany there never would have been a British world empire in the Middle East there never would have been the America, World War II or the American world empire against communism to contain it or the American world you know terror war in the Middle East and world empire in Europe and, and Asia as it exists today. And instead, all that money for the last hundred years could have gone into building up this wonderful society. Cause really, and obviously it wasn't funny when I just said it, but if they had made that the punchline, that this is just one hundred years. Worth of savings if we hadn't have blown it all on war. And if we had really, if the Americans had just believed what they said about liberty and justice for everybody and acted like it, that this is what the world could have looked like by now. And I think that really is right. People say, people cite the Bible, say the poor will always be with us. Well, but not if we have like 50 gazillion trillion dollars worth of built up capital investment in our global society, such as it is. Uh, in our our many different societies on this globe, such as they are, that's enough to make sure everybody's fed without any central plan, but just there'll be businessmen who can distribute goods and services enough to keep people healthy and happy. We could abolish poverty if we just build up enough wealth, not with socialism, but with capitalism for the people of the world. That's how they've almost abolished the famine, except in nations where America's at war, like in Yemen and Somalia. But otherwise capitalism has abolished famine from the face of the earth. And in another hundred years or less, even it could abolish poverty if we would just knock off all the statism and all of the militarism. It's just so unnecessary. And, And so like, forget utopia, but we could just live in a much better world. It doesn't have to be this way.
1: Well, Scott, let's let's end on a let's end on a positive note. I, I know I know that things are, are looking a little dicey in Eastern Europe right now, and we're all uh, cowering underneath our desks to make sure that we're not uh, we're not killed in a nuclear strike. Um, however, what is one area that you are particularly optimistic in right now?
2: Oh, um, well, we are out of Afghanistan, and we're not going back. Uh, I know Biden had said, well, we're going to keep an over the horizon uh, strike capability. And you may see a very, very small amount of that somehow. I don't know. But essentially, Afghanistan is just not accessible. And frankly, the Taliban had no interest in harboring al-Qaeda terrorists who want to attack the United States whatsoever. Uh, After all that they've been through and now to have all their power back again, uh, I don't think that that's a real risk. I think that's one that you really can finally cross off the list. But my man, we still got troops in Iraq and Syria. We got we're, our government is waging an absolute genocide in cooperation with the Saudis and the United Arab Emirates and Al-Qaeda in Yemen right now. And their war against al-Shabaab in Somalia likewise is leading now to the third major famine in Somalia because the weather is bad. But the war means that they can't compensate for the bad weather, man. That's what it is. And so they lay down and die little kids. You know, it was a quarter million dead by 2013 from the war in Somalia, the the war induced famine in Somalia. But that was 10 years ago, almost. And we've already, there was another famine in 2017. And now another one kicking in here. We're, you know, it ain't right. People got to get their head around. You know, the terror wars are not over. Our government's still at war across the Middle East. And, um, I'm sorry, I know you wanted me to say something nice. We're out of Afghanistan.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, it started off pretty good, and then it it trailed off there uh, towards the end. I'm trying to think, Uh,
2: like, you know. uh, Yeah, no, I don't know. The poor Okinawans, we're never leaving. I don't know what to tell you.
1: (laughs) Well, Scott, I know it's fundraising season. Where can people go to support you in the Libertarian Institute?
2: Well, thank you for asking that, especially. That's uh, libertarianinstitute.org slash donate. And we run a very tight ship there. Um, Help me pay my guys. It ain't very much, but it's enough to keep them coming back and putting out this great work. And, you know, we got a great webmaster uh, who's, you know, got it set up where we can take all kinds of different cryptocurrencies and whatever you have in mind there. If You hate PayPal. We have alternatives to PayPal and all those other things available for you there. It's all at uh, LibertarianInstitute.org slash donate. And thank you very kindly. Scott, oh, and you'll I appreci- get books and all kinds of cool stuff as kickbacks too. I meant to say.
1: I I know that for a fact. I've got a couple in my closet, so I, I know that this man's telling the truth. Very good. Scott, I really appreciate your time today. We we have to do this more often than once every three and a half years. I think.
2: I'm happy to do it anytime. Thank you so much, Alan. Scott,
1: we're going to get you out of here on this one, and we're going to go to our final commercial break. If you have two lasagnas, and you cut or excuse me, if you have two lasagnas and you stack one lasagna on top of the other, is it still two lasagnas or has it now just become one lasagna?
2: No, it's clearly one lasagna now, just a very highly stacked one.
1: That is the correct answer. Scott, that's how we know you're a real libertarian. You got that question right. I'm not going to name anyone who got it wrong, like Jeff Diced. I'm not going to name anyone who got that question wrong. You got it right. Scott thanks so much buddy thanks for everything you do but especially thanks for wasting a half hour with me
2: i had a great time thank you sir
1: guys we're going to be back right after this last commercial break stick around If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Alan Mosley. Like our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Alan Mosley TV. You can follow me on Twitter. It's twitter.com at Alan Mosley TV. Subscribe to our YouTube page. YouTube.com slash Alan Mosley TV. We're also on Odyssey. Go support a free speech platform. That's It's Too Late with Alan Mosley or at Alan Mosley TV. If you're more of a listener than a watcher, you can get us on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. That's thanks to Anchor FM. That's anchor.fm slash Alan Mosley TV. <sighs> Dave, do you have a final thought? Uh, yeah, that ain't working. Here. Let me let me help you out, Dave. Yeah, Jesus there you go. fucking god.
0: <laughs> Final thought. This show was flawless, man. I think it went great. Yeah. Um there was no pers- perceivable uh, problems at all. No, it was it was a good show. We had a lot of fun at the beginning. Always great to see Scott Horton and listen to him go
1: on. <laughs> so yeah, it was a lot of fun. I just I just want to point out by the way, I didn't ask Scott even one foreign policy question. you can't stop him yeah the man can't be stopped (laughs) um are we doing an after show yeah i'm done okay Uh, okay this This is a short adventure this is what we're gonna do i i gotta make this announcement i'm gonna kill the stream on everywhere but twitch so that 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 way all the platforms that are saving our library it's just (laughs) the episode but, uh, but if you go over to Twitch, that's twitch.com slash Alan underscore Mosley, then you'll see the after show where Dave gets fired. <laughs>
0: it's going to be great.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we're, he's going to have a few minutes to submit his resignation, but if that yeah. doesn't happen, then we're going to yeah. have a, you know, we're going to have a meeting. It's understandable. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of It's Too Late, and we will see you next week.
0: Wait, you were supposed to say something to uh, Carl.
1: Well, Carl didn't say anything. Oh, he said did say something questions. in the finale, and then, but now he hears us talking about him. So Does that count now up? he gets it. Yeah. Wait, they can hear this? Yeah, they can hear us right now. I gotta
0: start watching this show.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was an issue with our former producers as well, <laughs> is that they would they actually don't pay any attention to the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, Ryan. Dave gets two months severance. That's 34 cents. That is that is correct. Wow. Uh, guys, we're going to see you over okay, on Twitch. It.
0: Yeah.